Hi, and welcome to the Young Family Small Business Podcast, the show that deep dives into conversations with experts in small business, raising a young family, or are shining examples of mastery in both. My name is Ben Walker, and I'm the founder of Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants, and the host of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants. We've worked with thousands of business owners since we started in 2013, and we're best known for saving our client base a total of $17 million in tax and counting. For every dollar of tax we proactively save a small business, Inspire donates a day worth of access to life-changing food, water, health, or sanitation services to a family in need. If you're interested in speaking with an accountant to see how we could help your business, head to inspire.business forward slash chat. G'day, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Young Family Small Business. Uh, In this episode, I interviewed Ray Cochran, who's the director of Grow, a digital market ad agency based in Sydney who specialise in helping established service-based businesses grow faster using cutting-edge digital marketing. He's worked with over a 1,000 businesses over the last 12 years and consults to large corporates on how to drive more revenue. Outside of work, Ray's passionate about personal finance and has a YouTube channel. Please check that out. That's um, something quite cool, and we chatted about that in the podcast. Uh, but on the YouTube channel, he shares his learnings on how he built his net worth uh, over seven figures by the age of 31. And uh, yeah, I had a really good chat with uh, Ray all about digital marketing, a topic close to my heart. Um, he shares some some tips around uh, how he gets to bed before 9, 9 p.m., uh, which is quite cool, and, and how that sort of helps his uh, family and personal life. Um, also, some f- uh, foundational steps in building your digital marketing and what to focus on first. Um, so he goes through and sort of shares stuff around Google and, and making sure that's appealing um, right through to other key things to, to focus on next, all the way up to we've got chatting about uh, Google ads, Facebook ads, and even local SEO. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'd really recommend the listen if you're keen to, to grow your business and learn more about digital marketing. Uh, it was a great episode and, uh, yeah, went, went uh, a bit over our normal time. Uh, just because it's a uh, a topic we get both got stuck into. Uh, so thanks again, Ray, and uh, hope everyone who listens enjoys. Thanks so much, Ray, for for joining me on the show. I've been looking forward to chatting to you. Thanks, mate. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. Hey, I might kick off with our uh, first question. We always ask is tell tell me who's in your family, a bit about your family. Uh, my my like my little family, or well, mm. my the one I'm a part of the. My the bigger one. Well, um, maybe oh, I, I, well, I'll start. I'll start with like, well, I'm one of four kids, and yep. uh, mum and dad came from England, Ireland. Mum was a nurse, dad oh. was a mechanical engineer. They came over here and uh, sort of did their thing. And uh, yeah, I'm the youngest uh, in the family, so I have the benefit of watching the failures of my brothers and sisters first, which has been great. <laughs> so thanks, oh, guys. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then I've got my. Uh, in, I live in Sydney uh, with my wife and my. 16 or 17 month old son i think he's roughly now and uh his name's toby and he's a bit of a wild man he's at that to- energetic toddler stage so i'm loving it but it's also uh extremely exhausting yeah. at the same time but he's uh, he's good fun he's good fun i'm enjoying being a dad uh, really cool and and what do you like to do as a family to hang out um and, and chill out spend time together what, what do you do yeah definitely like being outdoors uh mm. we Love, I love, I love eating generally. Like, uh, we all, all our, our whole family loves food. My yeah. son will literally eat. My son doesn't have any concept of uh, too much food. He'll just keep eating and eating. And like, if there's more food that keeps coming, he'll just keep eating. He doesn't really <laughs> think about whether he's full. And then my wife loves eating. 
And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we we yeah, always uh, food outdoors, being the beach, and that sort of stuff is that sort of stuff is good because we both work uh, remotely. So mm-hmm. you know we're in front of computers most of the week. So when it comes to the weekend or in the evening, it's nice to love you know going outdoors, like going out to dinner, being at the beach, and just generally getting sun and all that sort of stuff. But with COVID, it's kind of been a bit uh, toned down. So it's uh, we haven't been sort of well, we like going on like little weekend getaways up the coast, down the coast, and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's sort of what we love doing. Yeah, very cool. And and do you have any tips on balancing your sort of working hours with family? Because yeah, business isn't easy. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, yeah, big time. I think it's um, yeah, it is definitely hard to balance. I think anybody can be like a a hero at work, but at the expense of everything else. And I never get it perfect or anything like that. But I definitely uh, really do value what I call the building blocks of you know mm-hmm. getting enough sleep. Like I've always said that sleep's my secret weapon. Like I, I've I've for many years gotten like a lot of sleep like i'll always try to get eight nine sometimes ten hours a night and i don't um i get up early but i also go to bed like uh, a grandpa um mm-hmm. super early like like i'll legitimately be in bed like 8 30 8 45 maybe actually fall asleep like 9 9 15 and then wake up maybe 6 15 or 6 depending on when my son starts squawking but um <laughs> but yeah i think it's um yeah it's, it's tough to it's tough to balance but for me I, I'm, I'm very like a very uh, routine person so like mm-hmm. i'll wake up I often, because of the sun's up early, like I'm, I'm kind of waking up like 5.30 at the moment, but every day, like seven days, six, so minimum six, but usually seven days a week, I'll get up and, and exercise and train outside. Like I'm definitely a creature of habit. So like my exercise always happens. My sleep always happens. There's not many, there's, there's almost nothing that gets, I don't let kind of anything get in the way of that. Um, yeah. So that's always important. And then once I get back in the morning, it's always about spending time with my son before he goes to daycare. And then we have, you know, we have a bit of fun, hang out give him breakfast and get him ready for the day and then and it's work time all day and then yeah like we have stuff like um like fixed you know like a lot of people do like a fixed date night every tuesday which is like a non-negotiable um awesome. so tonight like we have something that like my me and my like my wife kind of raised it with me to be like sometimes we were doing dinner like going out to dinner each week and sometimes we wouldn't and she kind of said that um she would love to do it more consistently <laughs> so i was like yep yeah, i think that's a fair a very fair thing and i think um she definitely deserves that so uh, yeah we made that a fixed uh non-negotiable and it might not always be somewhere fancy it might just be like a local place but it's just mm. like you know no phones you go there and um and it's actually helped my productivity i feel because it's kind of forced mm. me to be like you know what once it's once it hits five that day especially like we literally have a booking to go to so yeah um yeah. you know it's helped sort of keep that in check but um but awesome. you yeah, know I, I think i think a big part of balancing stuff is what you cut out i think mm. when you're trying to do everything it's hard to juggle because there literally isn't enough hours so for me like to be honest, I don't do heaps of uh, like socializing and that sort of stuff. Like I've got a handful of close mates that I will stay in touch with, but mm. I, I basically won't catch up with people for random reasons or if, you know, acquaintances want to catch up, like I'll just say, like I'll literally just say like, no. Um, mm. So because of my, cause my time, like for me, my business and growing that is really important. Uh, my time with my family is important and, um, you know, fitness and all that. So like mm. it's a pretty full calendar. So like something's got to be worthwhile for me to, like I can't have sort of want to do stuff in there. Like it has to yeah. be everything that, you know, uh, so, so yeah. So being, being ruthless about saying no, I think is probably one of the most important things. So people, even people make, like I have friends that make jokes, like not close friends, but like just like, you know, people I kind of, we're cool with, but uh, don't, I don't see them regularly. Mm. And uh, like they make jokes about like, good luck. Like people don't invite me to things because they know <laughs> I'll say no. But like, yeah. like I, I honestly, I honestly prefer, like I just realized that I don't, like I hate being at events when I'd rather be doing like 
you know, building something that I want to build mm. or get making mm. progress on a, a project or hanging out with my son or like, yeah, I just tell them, I'm like, it's not even a personal thing. Like I would probably like hanging out with you to it, you know, to an extent. But, uh, yeah. I just, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I just say to people, I'm like, I just, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I used to pretend to be like, you know, let them down softly, but I just, I'm just blunt with them to be like, yeah, yeah. I've just got heaps I got to do and, and I, what I want to do. And, and yeah. So sorry. But, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's fantastic. And so would you be able to tell us a little bit about your professional career? So you're, you're running a business at the moment called Grow, but how did you come to yep. do that? Yeah. So at university, I met my wife, uh, which was great. That's probably the only thing I got out of university. Um, <laughs> I love, le- I love, uh, I love learning, but I actually, I hated university. And so I was not very engaged. I wasn't going to all the exams. I wouldn't go like, I just wasn't showing up. It was honestly a waste of my time and money. I should have just, I wish some, nobody, it's my fault, but I wish someone maybe noticed and said like, what are you doing? Just, just quit, just drop out. Um, mm. I would have saved myself for probably a couple of years. But basically, I was doing marketing at uni. Uh, I ended up dropping out. And then my friend said, hey, uh, I'm working at Optus in the call center. Do you want to get a job? It was like my best friend. And um, I just said, yeah, sounds good. They were paying 45 grand. So I was like, that's pretty good for like a new grad at that at that time. And I was yeah. like, that sounds fantastic. And it was at Optus. And um, Optus was actually a fantastic company to work for. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had a lot of fun. Like, it doesn't sound like it wasn't always the best job, but it was... Um, I had a, had a blast and um, so I was there for a few years, uh, Moved into a, eventually moved into a marketing role that was sort of relevant to what I wanted to do long-term and then started doing like a few marketing and business analyst roles. Mm. But after a while, I would see guys uh, in roles, sort of one or two senior of my role and they were making probably 300 plus grand a year, uh, maybe 250, maybe 350, whatever, but like they were making great money, but they were like, yeah, they just looked like miserable, to be honest. And they just looked like super, yeah, I was just like, I just looked at these guys and I was like, I actually not sure I want to be that guy. Like, I feel like maybe that wouldn't have been me. Maybe I would have been more motivated. I don't know. But they just looked like like in a prison almost. And they were getting paid so much that they had to stay and they probably had mortgages or whatever commitment. So they couldn't just leave. But I was just looking at that and I was just like, I actually, I don't want that to be me. So I started going to the the, the bookstore and reading all these books uh, for free while I was mm-hmm. there for like an hour or two and just starting to figure out like a bit about business and, and how to become like a million, like really like maybe tacky books, like they're sort of intro level books. Like, mm. like one of the books was like seven years to seven figures. Yeah. So some of it, you know, like I was just like hook line. I was just like, I'll read anything, honestly. But um, but some of all those books seem to gear towards owning a business. Mm. So I was like, all right, like if one of these books could be wrong, but several of these books all point towards you want to control your income. You know, business is probably going to be harder, mm, but mm. you'll be able to do that. So, <laughs> I, um, yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, and yeah, I made uh, less before I made more. That's for sure. Yeah, um, but uh, did uh, you know? But then I was like, all right, well, what, like, what could I do for a business? I had a friend that showed me that I could make. Uh, he he made WordPress websites for people, like yep. very basic ones. And he goes, and I go, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to code. Oh, I know a little bit of coding, like, but very, only very basic. And he goes, no, no, what you goes, what you do is you buy a theme and then you find someone, an offshore contractor to build it mm. for like 200 bucks. You might pay more, but if you have a bit of a system, you know, the, you can sort of half set it up and then they do the other half. And then so that way you can basically get a site done probably within a week, maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks max for about 250 out of pocket and some hours of your, mm. uh, out of your day. And, uh, and I go, well, how, and how much could you sell them for? And he goes, look, probably first few you'd have to do for free then do a few for like 500 and he goes probably you probably land about two grand for for a site yeah. uh you can you can sell them for more but what you what your 
doing if you know there's only so much you can charge for a basic website like that yeah and i was i was i was hooked i was just like hey if you can show me how to do this and geez credit thank you uh he he did show mm. me how to do it and uh and yeah so i guess I, I didn't love building websites but i was just like if i can do this this is like the first step of getting off the hamster wheel and, mm. and i didn't mind corporate i didn't i didn't love it but i didn't i didn't hate it it was okay it was it was just you know in the middle but it wasn't really lighting me up and mm. uh mm. I like doing things my way and I started to get pissed off at corporate where they had all these people that would um, get promotions and I would show like data about how I would outperform them and I was approaching it from a really logical perspective whereas <laughs> there's all these relationships and this guy, you know, stuff like this, you know, one guy was mates with the boss so he got it yeah. or, or, or kissed everyone's ass and uh, which and, and I had no idea about what this sort of like I, I was just I was just young and I had no idea about the game that was being played around me mm. and then I, uh, and then another guy got promoted because he'd been waiting longer. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, even if I was really good, I, I, I'm just never going to like, I'm just going to have to wait 10 years or 15 years for to, to move up a little bit. And I was like, this system is, is just, it's just so slow. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I started doing websites, did a few free ones, pretty much as my friend sort of said it would happen. I uh, mm. did a few free ones. Some of them, a lot of them were pretty average, but they weren't paying. So they didn't really care. And then just kind of just did, uh, kept tuning up my rates a little bit more each time, and then but then I got to the, kind of got to the point where I was making a few grand a month on top of my corporate uh, money, mm-hmm. which was uh, which is good. And then um, I basically quit my job in the sort of yes, like you know, screw you, nine to five. And I told my <laughs> boss I didn't tell him to shove it because my boss was nice at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but I just told him I'm like I'm going to go do this thing, and he goes, yep, great, you know, happy for you, go for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's when that's when I learned about the importance of setting up a marketing pipeline of uh, ongoing customers because <laughs> I kind of yeah, finished wow. all the projects that I had, and uh, and then I had no money coming in, and I was like, oh wow, this is um yeah, we're in a bit of a situation here. I kind of yeah. had some money saved, and um, I just burnt through it real fast, hmm. and uh, I had money coming in, but it just wasn't coming in as fast as the money was going out. So that, that was a bit of a a challenge. So then I had to go back and get a job somewhere else, which was the most embarrassing thing ever. Um, yeah. Even though, like, probably nobody cared, but in my head, I was like, mm. "Man, you suck, dude!" Like, you had a, this big thing about how you're going to go leave, and then you stuffed it up, and now you got to go, you know, tail between your legs and go back to a job. And n- nobody probably cared, but I, I definitely cared. And yeah. then uh, went and have a go, went to go have a second crack, and uh, that went much better because I kind of learnt about, you know, um, having existing work and also mm. building the new work at the same time and juggling that and um, and yeah, I started building websites. Then people said, hey, how do you get people to the site? I didn't know. So I started being like, all right, well, I'm going to learn. I'll do some stuff for free for you. Again, I'll do some stuff for free mm-hmm. for you. And then uh, I learned some basic marketing stuff and some of it started to work after a while. And then, uh, yeah, and then sort of fast forward to today where uh, I've got a marketing agency and we kind of do mainly done for you services, Facebook ads, Google ads, local SEO, marketing consulting to sort of mainly to service businesses. And uh, yeah, so that was like kind of a condensed ten or twelve years, I think it was. So yeah, jeez, so yeah. Geez. Yep. So, so you've been you've been going for over a decade now. Um, yeah, the first yeah, initially, like I, I've never, to be honest, had aspirations to have a big team and an office mm. and all that because that was kind of what I was trying to get away from is mm. like me having to drive. Some people like that, which I, I don't have a problem with, but mm. like I don't want to go drive to an office and have you know artificial lighting and all mm. the like, just that whole sort of you know. Yeah, that, that just wasn't it. Wasn't uh, what I personally wanted. I wanted to have sort of 
more of like a boutique agency where it was more of like a SWAT team analogy where it's mm. like it's, we've got a small team, uh, they're really good, and we're kind of, you know, it's not like a big operation, but it's, you know, try to make it like high profit, low complexity mm. is mm. sort of what I wanted. And after many years of trying to figure that out, we're starting to get there, so it's been good. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And I think our um, our client base and yours sort of really overlap. A lot of our clients are actually service businesses as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a marketing perspective, what what are your sort of main sort of digital marketing tips for uh, business owners in that service-based yeah. industries? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, the first mm-hmm. thing I would say is, you know, for, for in terms of uh, quick wins, um, the obvious one is just uh, like Google reviews and Google My Business optimization. Yeah. So at a basic level, just getting it's a great way to get customers essentially for free. Obviously, you can do you can do Google Ads and other stuff as well eventually too. Mm. But first thing I'd probably look at, or maybe not the first thing, but in terms of actually uh, after auditing the business generally, we would look at all right, what's your uh, what are your Google reviews like? At a very basic level, you want to have the most reviews and the highest average score. Yeah. Because that's pretty much you know if I search accountant Brisbane and yeah. You come up and just like looking for a restaurant, they would see, okay, these guys have got 80 reviews. Everyone else has got 40. They've got a higher score. They might not be the best provider, but they yeah. get the click. Yeah. So if that person gets the click and if the, you know, they do the inquiry, if that company doesn't stuff it up, they've made the money. Mm. So mm. it's a good sort of uh, quick win to start off with. And does Google, because um, actually we're, we're going through this process at the moment, focusing mm. on reviews, but does Google rate higher people with more reviews? Is that something that Google does on its own? And then we see our eyes track towards the higher one? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does to an extent. They've got automate pretty terrible, to be honest, automated filters that try to filter out fake reviews. Cause obviously some people fake, you know, artificially bump up their reviews. Yeah. But it's a really poor system because it can filter out like just last week, we had uh, some client reviews um, and from very, very long-term clients and they showed me on their phone that the review was still there on their phone yeah. and it didn't, uh, Google filtered it out uh, and temporary, like it would temporary show temporarily and within that day it disappeared. And this is someone that had, uh, unfortunately for me, like a really, really good, it's a really, really good results that, you know, I've been working with for a really long time. Like, you mm. know, like it's one of the best reviews um, that I would love to showcase and, and Google. So I've, you know, you raise tickets with them and all this. Hmm. And uh, but they're, yeah, they're not. They're honestly not very helpful. But <laughs> yeah, people that have a good or authentic. But, but sometimes people might leave their first review on Google ever. It might be for your business, and yeah. that's it. Like that happens a lot. Not everyone has a Google account. Many do, yeah. but there's heaps that don't. So sometimes they'll filter out because of that. If someone hmm. does multiple reviews, uh, you know, over time, it'll probably see that as a more like more likely to be legitimate than not. Hmm. So it probably will show that one. But generally, I say to people, regardless of what pops up or doesn't just keeping a steady stream because you can get either a competitor doing a fake one star or you can have or any business that does enough volume you might have a thousand happy customers but you have one person that's pissed off like it's going to happen if you do enough volume so i say Mm. to people like almost regardless of you know some people have five reviews and then they get one bad one and it looks really bad on the average Mm. and that's not a that's not an accurate reflection of how good that business is so i always say to people you know just make sure you keep them coming you know get that initial buffer so yeah. at least you've got a bit of defensibility from that one uh, random person and then just keep, keep topping up. But then isn't the other side of uh, Google My Business is also just optimizing your profile. Mm. So you'd probably want to establish, all right, you know, in terms of your website, there's certain keywords that you would want to rank your site for. That applies to your Google My Business as well. So if you're mentioning those things on your site, mention those keywords uh, on mm. your Google My Business 
profile as well. And the general policy is to fill out as much as possible. So, you know, if you've got stuff like services, got stuff like, you know, all the opening hours, appointments, like go through mm. like literally every field you can find, try fill mm. out. It won't all be applicable to you, but try fill out as much as possible. And then stuff like, you know, images. Um, and there's some little other little, little tricks in terms of that, but that would be the high level of, of yeah, getting started with that. Yeah, how good. Um, and, and so once we've got our Google stuff nailed, um, what, yeah. what, what should a, a business owner focus on then? Um, I'd probably be having a look at their uh, existing assets. Mm-hmm. So what do you, you know, when we do consulting to clients, we kind of just take stock of like, all right, what do we have here? You know, do we have, are we starting on a blank slate? Uh, we mainly work with more established business owners. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we've worked with hundreds of startups as well back in, you know, back in the day. But basically we look at like, you know, what do you have in terms of email list? How engaged is that email list? You have 10,000 people, but you haven't seen, haven't spoken to them in six months. What kind of website traffic are you getting? You know, you might be getting a bunch of people coming every month, but they're not converting into inquiries. So that, mm-hmm. all right, for me, I'm like, that's low-hanging fruit. If we could adjust your site, make it clearer to inquire, then we would be able to convert more of the existing traffic. You know, we're going, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're taking, I guess, existing forces rather than trying to, you know, getting new customers is always more expensive and takes more effort, and we will do that. And and often in tandem with looking at existing audiences, but um, existing audiences like they're people that are, you know, they've already gone ninety percent of the way through the funnel. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, I would rather just tip them over into a customer for much less effort, typically, maybe even zero cost, and then stuff like you know social audiences, you could be issues, you know, any kind of social audiences. Existing relationships as well. So you might know someone that owns, like even like maybe like a marketing agency, or you know someone that knows this or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. They've got a big database. You know you've known them for years. Probably a collaboration between you two could be uh, something that's beneficial. May not yeah. drive customers today, but probably something that you know throughout the year that that would d- yield uh, dividends. So I would definitely look at the same for PR. Some company, you know, some people get. A lot of visibility in the media or whatever it is. So you know, mm. how can we how can we leverage that? Um, reaching out to people, but but yeah, definitely looking at existing. You know, after the reviews, I'd be looking at any kind of existing stuff we can leverage. Kind of shake the tree a bit to be like, hey, does anyone need help with X Y Z? You know, there might there's always that little percentage that might need something today or in the short term. And then once we kind of mm. shake in the tree, I would look at all right, uh, let's keep continue to add you know ongoing value to these people and and you know just staying in touch mm. with them. A lot of marketing uh, is to do with just being consistent and, you know, adding value. A lot of people are very patchy. You know, I always say up yeah, and down marketing yep. leads to up and down revenue. Um, it should <laughs> be something that, you know, you kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it just needs to be consistent. You know, a lot of people, once they got, once they're fed, they stop looking for food. But it's, it's like, you know, it's like your business. It's, it's, unless it's my son who keeps looking for food. He's going, but it's like, uh, you know, you need to make sure that you're always like you're marketing regardless of whether it's a good time or a bad time. They shouldn't be connected. You know, well, we've got heaps of work. You know, we've got plenty of work for the next few months. People say mm, that to me and mm. I say, that's great. I, I, you know, you're, you're right. However, that's a sign that you're that you have potential to grow. So mm. is it more staff that we need to start thinking about mm. in the background that we need to start hiring? Do we need to look at technology for you to sort of be able to deliver at a higher volume? Um, because that's why some companies they keep just doing the same amount of revenue every single year, you know, and, and not out of choice. So, um, you know, we definitely look at why, you know, it's like little areas like that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, there you go. Um, and, and I've got to say, like, I've, I've never really felt like um, I'm totally okay with the next 
Oh, what's the word? How am I trying to put this? So, so from, from my perspective, I, I, I related when you said you started your business and then very quickly leads dried up or work dried up because you didn't have that <laughs> sort of funnel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Similarly, I was in, in business for three or four months. My personal network dried up. And then all of a sudden I was like, hang on, where, where did the sales go? <laughs> um, but after yeah. that point, um, I've even, even today, like we, we've got a, we've got a funnel, so to speak. And, and mm. we, we, we do tons and tons of effort around marketing, but I've still mm. never felt like I could just totally switch off and the next mm. two years of, of leads will just walk in the door. So it feels like this, mm. almost like this consistent effort. Yeah. And it's like, it's a dynamic environment because it's not just you and your competitors. It's also mm. new competitors joining the market. Everyone's mm. trying to compete and have a lot of noise. So it is, you know, most markets these days are competitive. There's not many markets I really think that are, that are easy to win in. Some, some mm. maybe like, you know, some are, say like construction or something like that, where they don't do as much modern marketing. We've seen yeah. heaps of success uh, with clients because we kind of basically bring them up to speed and up to date with what basically everybody else is doing in different industries. Uh, that's always an easy, an easy win. But mm. yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, it's, it needs to be ongoing. And I guess... I say to people, a lot of people say, well, you know, we do a good job. We get heaps of referrals. And I, I say like, that's great. That, 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 that's the basis for everybody. Yep. But, you know, but do that and proactive, uh, mm. not, inst- you know, it's not an either or. It's like a, all right, when you do a good job, you'll naturally grow and get customers and all that. Um, but then also let's have an insurance policy of mm. COVID was a big example of that. When all the word of mouth dried up for people because the market was tight. Mm. All these, the people that already had marketing strategies, at least they knew that they could get a couple, you know, leads here and there. They weren't mm. totally left on their own. Whereas someone that's just referral only, they're just like, well, I haven't got, I haven't got anything. Like I've got no existing funnel really. Like the people mm. that used to call my phone every month just aren't calling at all or, or much less. And that's the last time that, you know, most of our client campaigns, the results get, you know, it takes a few months to get into like the, the you get real momentum with optimizing things. So like for them in the middle of COVID, they've got probably six, 12 months before they get a real humming campaign with a perfect cost per lead and it's really firing. Um, you know, they'll get the quick wins in the first couple of months, but the, you know, the real optimization keeps, you know, it keeps getting better and better over time. So if, you know, you kind of, you need to be planning your customer acquisition six and 12 months before you need, need them, basically. You're, you know, you're planting seeds so you can harvest later. Some people call me and they're like, they want to plant the seed today and harvest on, on Friday. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it makes it, we, we do our, we, we do our best and there's always quick win stuff, but you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a good way to approach it. Just, just stressful for no reason. Yeah. There you go. And then the, the other questions I've got around like Google ads and Facebook ads, like I've, um, I've heard of war stories in that space, you know, um, agencies taking like tens of thousands from businesses and then providing nothing. We've had a few cracks of it yeah. personally nothing's really sort of delivered consistent results. And, and you know, as a service business, I think we've got it a touch harder than a product where yeah. you, you, you might be able to sell a $70 or a $50 or a $10 thing. Yeah. We're, we're trying to sell, you know, a relationship and, you know, could be five, $10,000 a year in services. So yeah, how, how do you approach, um, yeah, ads like paid mm. traffic for um, service businesses? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, uh, and to your point about people taking heaps of money and, and not not delivering, like it's it is it's super common. And I think um, a part of that is agencies either a they need the money. There's a lot of big agencies that need to literally pay for a big bunch of staff. They've got the flashy office. Yeah. Like they need to bring in any old retainer. They don't yeah. care. And I guess that's for, for me. I've always felt that's one of the biggest strengths of 
of my business is I don't need to take on anybody and I don't take on anybody. And it's not even to be like act exclusive, but just for the fact that one, I don't want to work with people that I either don't like or I don't mm. naturally gel with, mm. um, or I don't feel like I could get them results or I, I feel like I could get them results, but it's going to be significantly harder than our usual bread and butter. That's one thing I've really been focusing on last two years is not saying yes to, to save people necessarily. You know, some people come with really, like I love, I'm a, I'm a problem solving sort of person like that's my personality but these people aren't um the money that i would make in profit from them and the hours that i would take they'll be amazingly happy when i fix it but for me i could have had maybe two or three other people that paid you know i could have made three three four x the money with just you know bread and butter more standardized uh clients but to your point about um advertising yeah i, I think it's definitely a lot of people are trying to go for quite a uh, direct sale as well. I, I don't think, I think with uh, really recently with Facebook ads, uh, it's been quite turbulent. Mm-hmm. Facebook's stock price dropped like 25% in a day the other day. Um, and I actually think that Facebook is, they might bounce back, but I reckon if this metaverse bet doesn't pay off, uh, they're in serious trouble because 98%, it's a bit of a tangent, but 98% of their revenue is based on ads. Mm. Ads, <laughs> the quality of ads tracking is um has been is a lot worse these days so all the advertisers are flying a little bit more blind than we used to because say we get 10 conversions we used to usually get reported on eight of them for example uh it wouldn't be 100 percent perfect but we could make our decisions on how to optimize you know we had we had enough data to work with Mm. these days uh with a, a number of campaigns we're seeing i've got some campaigns that i've run for years and lately i've been getting almost the same amount of leads but Facebook's reporting like 40% of them, which makes it much harder for me to pick what to scale up, what to turn down, because there's been stuff, it's been um, Apple has done a lot of stuff with basically not letting Facebook's tracking track what it used to track, it. which means it, it's not, it doesn't tell, you know, they can't tell the advertiser if that Apple user converted or not because Apple's put up a big wall saying, you know, mm. privacy first. So, uh, so Facebook ads has been very unpredictable. It's a, it's a tough time for that. And I think some people, you know, with Facebook, you got, I think for service-based, you've got to go for that, you know, relationship building, slow, mm-hmm. like low or zero commitment to start with. Some people want to jump, jump people straight. You know, the, the, the approach and the offer is really important with paid ads. Yep. If you're trying to get too hectic too soon, it needs to be very low-key, then have quality follow-up and, mm-hmm. uh, and then just doing the basics right. You know, if they've opted in for a guide, they've gotten follow-up emails, Someone's called them to check in, not to hard sell them, but just to mm. check in. Hey, mm. do you like, is this something you need help with like now, now, or are we just curious about this topic? And then we kind of filter leads from there. So some of it will come down to sales process. Some mm. of it comes down to offer, you know, are you trying to get too serious too soon? Like, hey, buy our stuff, which still happens today, which is surprising. Google ads can be a bit better because there is, Facebook is like, you're targeting based on people. And they're social. They're just socializing and goofing off on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Google Ads is intent based, so I'm searching for a product or for a topic. So I'm probably much closer to making a decision compared to uh, a person on Facebook. You can make mm. both work, but um, yeah, Google Ads can work for some businesses. Like you know, for something like accounting, I think that mm. strategic partnerships, I think, is a big one. Just you know, that transfer of trust between someone that has. An audience that's complementary. I think that's like even something like this is is useful. 
definitely lots of reviews, relationships with lawyers and other sort of B2B sort of providers. Like how big is your network of those? Mm. Um, I think that would be useful. But yeah, I think I think in terms of pay, some paid ads, yeah, like some businesses are just naturally skewed to paid ads. Uh, mm. other, you know, if you've got a chain of physios, for example, like our clients are chains of physios or chains mm. of uh, beauty clinics and that sort of stuff, it makes a lot of sense. If you try to find a new accountant, I'm a big fan of video content and you know stuff that really builds, shows that you guys know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, that's sort of a long answer to sort of yeah. Yeah, no, very good. And and um, yeah, no, it's a bit of a mystery for me and, and something I'd, I'd be keen to sort of either work out whether it's part of our strategy or not over the next um, sort of six to 12 months. But mm. yeah, uh, I've seen it done really well um, with, with mm. service businesses, mm. especially um, I think we, we both know Dent Australia. They've um, yeah, they've yeah. A, a great funnel from what I've seen. Um, yeah. They do a lot of event-based stuff, don't they? Yes. Yeah. So I think that yeah. that's their call to action in their ads is more, you know, come to this webinar or workshop. Um, but yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, and so what about local SEO? So yeah, I think that's, that's it's, like it's different to just normal SEO, but could you tell us a little yeah. bit about the concept? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is for people that are searching for services uh, in immediate proximity to them. So we kind of do we don't do all types of SEO. There's some sort of types of SEO that we would refer to other people. It's just, mm. you know, we only do sort of a narrow section of SEO for like, you know, if you've got a business and you want to attract, you know, people that are local to you within, you know, 10Ks or whatever, then, you know, we do services where we'll help them rank for basically, you know, it could be accountant, uh, Brisbane, Fortitude Valley, or, you know, all those sort of surrounding suburbs. Yeah. So a lot of it comes down to, there's lots of little technical things, but at a high level, it comes down to content and links. So we're building content uh, on a regular basis for a for a client's website, so that Google can, you know, when people are searching for your type of service in your area, hmm. they're seeing, you know, you're coming up because your site's already mentioned all these things quite extensively on your site. Hmm. So there's that side of it, um, and then obviously just doing, you know, creating pages in a way that Google does like. And hmm. there's um, there's lots of cool tools out there now that can sort of help you understand. Like Google doesn't tell you what their algorithm is, but there are a lot of tools that sort of try and reverse engineer it, basically scanning the best pages in uh, the, the highest ranking pages and then telling you, well, the, the, the uh, website in spot number one, they're, they're mentioning this word 10 times versus everybody else is mentioning it two times. So yep. you can kind of sort of reverse engineer how many, what, what the word count is, what the headings are, frequency of keywords, the certain things that you can do to sort of basically tailor your website so Google really likes it, shows it nice and high, you get people coming to your site. And then obviously just building up the, you know, building up quality links back to your site. So Google can tell this is a legit site. It's got, you know, many links from, you know, established sites that are already established. Mm. So we get sort of that that transfer of trust. And uh and yeah, but it, it can be really, really powerful. And it's it's a, it's a local SEO is really great to use in tandem with Google. Yeah. Because uh, you can really own like for example, with many of our clients, our goal is like if we can own the ads, you know, if you search, I don't know, accounts in Brisbane and mm-hmm. like you see me in the ads, you see me on the maps listing, and then you see yeah. me in the, the, the search, we're kind of just taking over that whole thing. And and whether they choose to click on us is maybe their choice. Mm-hmm. But but you know, we're not we're very, very, you know, so much of marketing is about visibility in front of the right people. Mm-hmm. So if we're if we're very visible there, that's a good thing. And then also, you know, just being ruthless with follow-up. So we get their attention and we're really ruthless about converting that attention into sales basically uh for those that want help yeah awesome there's, there's such a 
yeah, there's an art and a science behind it. Hey, yeah, well, SEO, the whole SEO uh, industry is very, uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, shady to be honest. So I, I've <laughs> honestly, I was reluctant almost to offer it a, a while ago, but just because there's so many shit, like in, especially in the sales process, some people are like, you know, they've been with someone that's, you know, hurt their rankings, for example, uh, that was really cheap, and yeah. you know, so it's a, it's a bit of a interesting space. Yeah, do you mean sort of a bit of a shady one because of the the potential for sort of no result or um, that's what? Yeah, because they can, they can hide behind the fact that you know it might take twelve months to get results, uh, yeah. which which yeah. which is a real thing, uh, and it does happen. Um, mm. But some people, you know, there, there are agencies that sort of ruin it for the for everybody else because mm. you know they take the retainer the whole twelve months. But the thing is, you should be seeing some sort of progress, yeah. you know, within the first couple of months. Like it won't be number one necessarily. And not for a really competitive term, but you should be seeing forward progress after, mm. you know, there's an audit and people have started to put some content on the site and get that published and it takes mm. a few weeks to start registering with Google or whatever. Yeah, you should be seeing sort of progress along the way to the ultimate goal. And depending on how competitive your market is, you know, you won't go from, if you've got competitors that have been doing this for five, 10 years and paying several people to work on this exclusively, mm. you paying two grand a month is not going to get you to beat them in 12 months potentially. Mm. So some of it does come down to expectation setting as well. Mm. But that doesn't mean you can't win. It just means that we might not win at the big hero keyword. We need to go for maybe some long tail, less common keywords that they don't bother putting effort into. And that gives us an opportunity to rank for some stuff that can get us results, but, you know, they don't bother with. Yeah, no, very cool. I've had some fun with it over the years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting space. Yeah. Ah, cool. Alrighty. And so, um, could you tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah. So this started a bit as a bit of a, uh, I kind of been uh, thinking about creating it for many years yeah. and, uh, cause I, I, I maybe just, uh, maybe I'm foolish, but I saw what other people were doing on YouTube and some of these, mm. some of the top uh, creators in that space, uh, in the finance sort of personal finance space, uh, you know, they're making millions of dollars a year mm. and, um, some of them like, you know, significant, like, you know, many, many millions of dollars uh, per year. And I didn't expect that I could do that, uh, maybe even ever, but I was just like, what they were doing, I was like, I could do that. I'm not at their level right now, but mm. speaking on camera is something I've done plenty of, speaking on stage is something I've done a lot quite a lot of. So presenting on camera, is, I don't have a, a fear of uh, presenting on camera or trying to explain things in a simple way. So I kind of felt that this did align to my strengths and you can make a lot of money. And also the fact that most people quit before they get results because it's mm. a, it's a, it's definitely a grind like you don't just you know grow a big audience overnight like it's a it's a bit of a marathon sort of approach so i said you know what uh, about a year ago i said uh, all right i'm just going to create the channel yep. i'm going to give it one year and uh, if i'm still enjoying it or people give a crap i'll i'll do it for one more year after that and then i kind of i'm just going to take it on a see how we go sort of basis but mm. but yeah i started a year ago and we've got about about 1,300 something subscribers now. So it's not like a super viral uh, influence or anything, but it's, it's starting to get a lot of momentum now, which is, uh, which is really cool. And um, it's starting to make a little bit of money each month as well, which is uh, it's not worth it for the time I'm putting in today, yeah. but the long-term potential value is huge because the time I take to get that money each week doesn't increase necessarily over time. To say I get to a point where I post two videos a week, for me to do that three years from now probably will take me the same amount of time, maybe faster because I might hire staff. 
but the amount of money that I could make compounds because you kind of build a bigger and bigger and bigger library of content. Yep. So you could make, and you get, a, there's, there's what excites me the most about it, aside from helping people, is the leverage potential. Mm-hmm. Is because you can have an audience of, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people eventually mm-hmm. um, that they don't even necessarily need to buy anything from you, which is crazy. And I love that it kind of monetizes human laziness in, in some <laughs> aspect, which is limitless. So I like those uh, elements at play. You know, I like if, you know people could watch my stuff and never buy anything. They don't have to pay me one dollar, but mm. because I am able to add value to them and keep their attention and, mm. and help them, and I, I'm a reliable source of value, Google keeps paying. Google will be able to keep paying me, and then also there's affiliate stuff where you make money. Uh, we have money coming in from uh, each month, and it's not like worth. Uh, worth talking about but it's like you know we'll probably make a couple grand this month just from that and it's like man geez. it's not worth it like for me i could just get one more retainer at yeah. two three grand a month and it'd be way less work i could outsource it to my <laughs> team like like it's mm. like financially right now it does not make any sense to me to do, be doing it but the hope mm. is long term that that eventually switches to the point where uh, you know i've got a, a goal to get to 10k a month and then 20 i feel like once it gets to 10 or tw- the 10 to 20 range like my my whole family's lifestyle expenses aren't. Mm. I reckon they'd be like eighty a year, maybe maybe even less for everything. So mm. you know, like if I could get everything paid for by that, and then keep the business running as well, um, mm. you know, I'll be able to make really good money, and uh, and it's heaps of fun. Like I enjoy making the content, so yeah. it's uh yeah, it's been uh, cool. And and at the moment, is the the affiliate channel more more providing more revenue than the YouTube addy stuff? Yeah, affiliate stuff definitely. It's interesting. The thing I love about it is like you can create like a review video on a mm. topic. So I'll do a review of a trading platform, and yep. some of them I've used quite extensively, and then others I have to do research on. Mm. And I kind of tell people like I don't use this one, but I've kind of gone and done the research. I've joined the platform, and I've told, mm. and I've done, a, I've compared it to all the other ones, mm. and uh, and then I kind of summarize it in a sort of a neatly packaged video yep. where you can get all everything you need to know about this platform at a high level. Um, in about 10 minutes mm-hmm. so and the thing is if you do like a really good video on that like my one of my best performing video uh, two of my best performing videos uh, out of the top five maybe um, were reviews on a platform and every week every week I get like most days I'll get you know 40 or 80 bucks between 40 80 bucks sometimes 100 bucks um, in just affiliate stuff from that so it's just kind of funny, you know, when you make like your first thousand dollars in business or something, and like it feels like the most exciting money. Like you can yeah, make ten million dollars yep. in a bigger business, but it's just like it's a new thing. It's exciting to see, like, like it's it's gone from if it was like Amazon affiliates where you make like three dollars here and five dollars there and whatever. Yeah. It's it's hard to get decent money for a while. Like eventually, it does get to good money, but that takes much longer than other affiliate stuff. But this is starting to get to a point where it's like. This could be like I could live off this eventually. I feel, yeah. which is uh, which is exciting. So it's kind of um, you know I hired an editor straight away because um, I'm terrible at editing. So I've got a guy <laughs> in the states that does does my editing. Mm. So it's um yeah it's just uh, yeah it's been fun. It's been been very enjoyable. Yeah, very cool. I've um yeah I've seen quite a few different people over the years, especially the gaming channels. Geez, they um, mm. occasionally jump on them, and they, mm. the production is off the off the charts. Um, but look oh, at the crazy. subscribers, and they'd be making twenty mil. Oh, totally. And the interesting <laughs> thing about uh, the interesting thing about uh, personal finance as a niche is they make the most money per thousand views. Oh. So, because how much you make from Google yeah, depends on 
basically how many how, how many advertisers want to reach those types of people. So if I'm looking at videos on, uh, so, so, you know, you see all those ads for like plus 500 and all those trading platforms, Yeah, they're spending like large amounts of money trying to reach people that are interested in those topics. So mm-hmm. if I'm doing videos about property or doing videos about, you know, ETFs or, or mm-hmm. I don't really do trading videos necessarily, but like I do reviews of, you know, investing platforms to be like, mm-hmm. you know, these ones have good fees. These ones are crap, but really clunky. But I like all, all that sort of content. It's, you make, uh, it's pretty much the highest paid niche because if you do like a million views on a prank channel yeah you don't get paid yep. you get paid nothing because one nobody wants to have like there's no business that really would want to have like there are but there's way less demand like it's not yeah. really makes doesn't make sense but if i'm someone that's watching you know investing videos or money videos or whatever there's all these banks and like mm. everyone everyone wants to spend a lot of money so so yeah that that's that part was definitely uh, appealing as well like you don't have to be like a fifty thousand subscriber finance channel might make more than a 500,000 subscriber gaming channel, for example, yeah, if, if they know what they're doing. So yeah, there's a lot of income potential if you can stick with it, but it's hard to stick with it because it's a, yeah, it's a grind. Like yeah. it's a, yeah, I went months without getting, like I actually almost raised a, raised a support ticket with Google because my subscribers was at 38 for like two weeks. <laughs> I was like, I actually yeah. think something's wrong with my, my account and um, nobody was subscribing was the actual problem. Uh-huh. And, um, it was just, uh, it was just funny because I was just like, yeah, it was. And do you see YouTube as a bit of a powerful way that that can support the marketing of a, a service-based business as well? Yeah, I th- yeah, I definitely think so. I think um, it's it's a tricky one because I think it needs to be done whole last, not half-assed. Um, yeah. It yeah. is. It's something that like like just just knowing like how much not that I put millions of hours into it, but knowing like the kind of thought I would put into a video the structure. Mm the tags, the description, the mm. distribution of the video. Like it's something that when done right, it can be, I think it can be extremely powerful. Mm. But the reason I think more businesses don't use YouTube as a serious marketing channel is either A, they don't put enough effort into it. They kind of just record stuff, throw it up there, the tags, description, whatever. They just they're just whatever it, which is important stuff to get high visibility. So they kind of half-ass that, they load it up, even if they're like the you know, it's sort of edited and, you know, whatever, that's probably not going to be enough for you to get traction. Yeah. It really needs to be done like quite deliberately. But I think, and also there's not many people that can also produce uh, a lot of content regularly or or maybe want to be on camera or have mm. people inside the company that want to be on camera. Like that's a, always a major one, you know, that people come up against. And because you got to remember as well, like, and this is something that I'm still, uh, like, I'm a bit of an idiot, like, in person. Like, you know, I love having a laugh, love joking yeah. around. When I talk about, like, serious concepts, I get, like, I get serious. And a lot of my friends have commented saying, like, like to, to me directly, saying, you're, like, not the idiot that we know you as. So, and it's an interesting, I love the uh, honesty yeah. back. This is, yeah. I much, much prefer that. But it's, but it is a good point because it is, um, it's, it is edutainment. Like it is, mm. there needs to be an entertainment. It doesn't have to be, but you do better if there is a bit of, uh, you know, a focus on engage, getting engagement mm. and um, not not faking um, enthusiasm or something. But I think definitely keep in mind that there, there is a large chunk of people that watch videos with no intention of actioning anything. Yep. So knowing that, you know, it's not just about delivering the facts. It's also delivering the facts and being engaging. Mm. Um because everything that Google's algorithm wants to do is to keep people on YouTube as long as possible. So 
the longer you can get them staying to watch the, the higher percentage of watching the video, the more people you get clicking, the more that they're, they're pulled in here. So everybody's YouTube strategy should be obviously deliver what you need to deliver, but do it in a way that people want to keep watching. Almost if, even if they don't care about that topic, like that's kind of the, the, uh, the approach. So I think it's, um, I think it definitely can be valuable, but I think a lot of people don't probably, they kind of just like, they just almost use it as like a bit of a rubbish bin. Like they just mm. dump some videos that they did for some other stuff, which is fine. It's not bad. Like, you know, for Google, you know, for SEO reasons and stuff, sometimes it can be good. But yeah, it needs a, it definitely needs a deliberate approach. And I think it's something that you have to do knowing that, you know, the first thousand or 10,000 subscribers or whatever is going to be a grind. But then after yeah. that, it starts to come, you know, and probably the last thing I would say is also the business model. Because if you have something that, you know, say for you guys, if you mm -hmm. become world famous for accounting, you're not going to be providing accounting services to people in America necessarily. No. Maybe, maybe one day, but like it's not something that you would probably do. So it's also about having to justify the time and resources. Uh, also thinking about scalable products that you could add. You know, is it a something like a, it might be hard with different, you know, uh, accounting laws in different countries, but it might mm -hmm. be something like, a cash flow template or there's going to be certain things where you could be like, we can make money from this channel in, you know, regardless of where you live and almost regardless of your budget. So yeah. that's definitely something that I, you know, if I was consulting someone on that, I would think about, you know, what is the back end, uh, you know, obviously add value and, and get build that reputation, mm -hmm. but also like, how will you make money to justify this basically? Because it does take a lot of time and resources to, to keep feeding the, the content beast basically yeah yeah no, very cool uh, and and i'm guessing you can get um sort of uh, like upwork or contractors to help um do the because even there's video seo right like tags and yeah yeah and yeah that. absolutely and there's like you know there's uh there's plugins and stuff that you, you know you know there's some plugin that i pay like it's like 100 bucks a year or it's pretty cheap yeah. um but basically they give you they're like they've got all sorts of youtube tools mm. but some of them give you like um it's like a, uh, what do you call it? It's like a tag explorer. So basically, yeah. you know, if I'm doing a video and I want to show to as many people as possible, you can actually type in certain keywords and it can tell you that, hey, this keyword mm. uh, scores quite high on volume and mm. quite low on, com uh, on competition. So this is a really, really yeah. good keyword for you to target yeah. um, because you might actually get a lot of traction because, you know, it's that, that's, the, that's the holy grail. And then other ones, they might be... Uh, low competition, but low volume. So yeah, you might rank for it, but nobody searches it anyway. But it kind of gives you a good idea of like, you know, you might do a video about topic A, but everybody's searching for that sort of stuff, really using, you know, it might be instead of real estate, they might be using the word property. Mm. So just knowing, you know, using little tools like that can help you get more out of the same content that you've already gone to the effort of making, mm. but you can sort of find out, all right, this is how people search for this type of topic. I'm going to adjust my title to sort of sort of obviously try and get the click, but incorporate keywords that this is, you know, this is how people, you know, you try and match your stuff to what people are looking for uh, as closely as possible. So that way, you know, because it's, it's like content's time consuming. So making sure that yeah. you, you optimize every upload is uh, just to make it worthwhile. Yeah, for sure. Oh, very cool. All righty. Well, um, hey, I really love you sharing all your knowledge around this stuff, and, and it's a topic I um, I love talking about too, and and um, understanding more. Uh, it's, it's such a deep uh, deep area and ever evolving. Um, but uh, yeah, what would you suggest if if some of our listeners are keen to sort of have a chat to you or your team um, to get your perspective on if you could help with their marketing? What, what's the best next step they could do? 
Yeah, so you can just go to grow.com.au. So G-R-O-E.com.au. Um, just fill out the form on the website and then we can have a have a chat. And then we're kind of pretty, you know, I'm pretty uh, pretty laid back. So it's not the case of uh, it's no like high pressure sales thing or anything like that. Uh, it's not my jam. But, you know, we just typically just have a pretty open chat about, you know, where are you at now? What would you like to achieve? And, and uh, I'll kind of, you know, I'm always happy to share. Even if you sign up with us or not, I don't, I don't care. Mm. Happy to sort of share like my thoughts on how I would, approach increasing the numbers whether it's getting more leads or converting the existing leads better um but you know our focus is always on making money for the client you know we don't deserve your money if we can't make you money that's sort of our focus and uh and yeah and then also with the personal finance stuff if you're interested in any of that stuff whether it's making more money investing basics of investing not personal finance not finance advice official uh, (laughs) not not licensed uh, to be clear yeah Um, it's just uh we just type in my name or at Ray Cork at R-A-Y-C-O-R-C. You can check that out. We do videos every week. So yeah, always, uh, always good fun. Awesome. We'll, we'll pop those links in the show notes uh, as well if you want to yep. check those out. But, awesome. Um, yeah, thanks again, Ray. Uh, awesome to have a chat. And uh, Yeah, mate, good to catch up. Yeah, we'll have to, um, next time I'm uh, up your way, mate, I'll have to uh, pop in the office or say good day or do coffee or something. Yeah, absolutely. Come and, come and uh, yeah, hang out for a bit. I've got to go and hassle Riz as well. I'm overdue to come um, hassle Riz. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He needs a hassling. <laughs> uh, yeah. All righty. Well, thanks again. And uh, yeah, I'm sure our listeners will get tons of value out of that. But uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with today's guest, you can find their contact information in the show notes in the podcast section of our website at inspire.business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the Young Family Small Business Podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Also, do join our Facebook community. You can find that by going to youngfamilysmallbusiness.com. And if you're interested in speaking with an Inspire accountant, head to inspire.business forward slash chat, where you can book a free 20-minute strategy call. And lastly, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, uh, which is the at symbol Ben Walker, C-A, or one word, or at Inspire underscore accountant. Thanks again, and see you next time.